Well, the increasingly digital world in which we exist is certainly fraught with security challenges. Despite having such a vast array of capabilities and advantages, uh, whoever participates in the cyber world no doubt is going to be at risk at some stage or the other. Well, reports indicate that there is an increasing application of deep fake technology in South Africa prompting calls to establish legislation that protects a person's image. We have online Dr. Lakin Van Jansen uh, on air this evening to explain what deep fakes are, its applications and potential advantages and in fact drawbacks. And Dr. Lakin Van Jansen is an attorney at law, junior lecturer at the Stellenbosch University. Uh, Dr. Lakin, good evening. Thank you for joining us. Good evening. Thank you for having me. Uh, what in the world are deep fakes and how are they being used in South Africa? I mean, uh, certainly deep fakes is not something that's deeply, deep, deeply fried that you would have for supper. What, what's a deep faker, doctor? So it's quite a technical term. It's deep learning and artificial intelligence. So what they do is they use an application where they swap your face, your voice, and manipulate videos. So they essentially make a whole new image from images that are already available. Indeed. I mean, we've had technology before, like the Liar Bird app and, you know, various other types of, uh, you know, software programming. But obviously, uh, that was now maybe a few years back. But it seems that this particular type of, uh, of deep faking has gone to a whole new level that you might not even be able to, uh, you know, even notice that you have been duped and it's not the person who you know that's actually speaking. Yes, the technology has developed significantly and the apps are so well done. And I think the other problem is that most individuals have social media presence these days. So your pictures and your videos are easily accessible. And on top of it, the apps that do these deep faking are also easily accessible. So we really sit with a problem with what can we do because everybody is on social media and Essentially, anybody has access to deep fake um, applications. Hmm. Dr. Lakin, of course, we can understand that how this technology can be used. It could be used in jest by somebody who's willing, you know, wanting to play a prank or something of that sort. It could even be used by a person who, you know, what is just too tired of talking and they want to mimic or manipulate their voice in their lectures. Then it could be used by genuine fraudsters or by people wishing to wreak havoc in the community. Where it becomes particularly concerning is that where people use this type of manipulation to, uh, you know, end governments, to, to put out false information out there that puts uh, the uh, a government or a country or a society at peril. We, we are in an election here in, in South Africa. We have seen media manipulation previously, not in our election, but in the U.S. elections, other elections in other parts of the world. And it's obviously that it's obvious that deep fake is adding a whole different dimension to the way, uh, you know, what uh, information sharing is going to uh, be, you know, be viewed at in the years to come. Yes, um Firstly, deepfakes had such a positive impact. Initially, they were used to detect tumors in the health department. And with COVID, um, there was a lot of positivity with it when actresses couldn't physically be present. But now we're sitting with a situation where deepfakes are mostly used to um, distribute 
misinformation. And like you rightfully mentioned, it is an election year and misinformation cannot be distributed because then we don't know what is what what is true and what is not. I think there was a case in India where misinformation also during the elections made use of deep fakes and it just caused so much havoc because essentially we must go vote as the public. We cannot be exposed to to, to deep fakes and we can't really, um, uh, we can't pick up when it is a deep fake. So really government really needs to intervene. I mean, in the USA, they do have specific legislations in their states that manage deep fakes, especially when it comes to politics. And I'm saying it's time that South Africa do the same and not just address deepfakes, but protect the image and then by default also combat deepfakes um, as part of the image protection. Dr. Lakin, you advocate for um, legislation to protect individuals' image rights. I mean, firstly, how would such legislation look and protect us? Granted, if you may happen to apprehend a person who has now manipulated your voice and your, uh, your you know, your, your face or your features or, or, or you know, your, your communication style and has caused you egregious harm, uh, one can understand that in the, in the event of an arrest, etc. But what if this person is sitting in another part of the world? A person is sitting so well hidden, you know, from the eyes of of the law that you can't even catch up with them. I mean, granted, legislation legislation has its place, but also, will it ever ever be possible to enforce, uh, you know, authority against deep fakes? Well, that's a that's a very good question because, as you rightly say, legislation only helps when the the defendant is in the same jurisdiction as yourself. I think one must also then limit who has access to these AI ap- applications and make sure that there's a standard before someone can just download it where we say, okay, you must be in this industry or you must qualify to be able to use AI, um, in, yeah, <laughs> to use AI, which then makes the defects. Because otherwise, we won't be able to combat these effects at all. So as much as we want to say legislation, but I think the responsibility and the liability must also start lying by the app um, by the app developers where not everybody has access to these apps that make these effects. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, Dr. Lakin, I mean, how practical would that be? I mean, you have programs that have been developed within a few months, they are copied uh, they are pirated by, you know, by unscrupulous individuals who take the very same, uh, you know, uh, artificial intelligence and uh, from the original app, from the original developer, make something new, completely different. I mean, we see it in video gaming. We see it even in business programs, for that matter, that you buy a business program for 100,000 rand for your company, only to know that in a few years time, it has been pirated by somebody else who's giving it away for 100 bucks. And, uh, you know, obviously it's illegal to use it because it's been pirated, but that's the nature of the cyber world, isn't it? I mean, you, you can't really, it's, it's the Wild West in the sense that you can't really govern what's going to happen in, in a few months' time. And especially if something is lucrative and disruptive, well, you can bet your bottom dollar that those disruptors are out there looking to copy it and to make it available on the market. No, no, 
no, fair point. You're raising fair points. But with new technology, I think we must also be very innovative to also find new problem, new solutions for the problems that we've created. <laughs> and like I say, we're all just trying to figure and navigate this area. And legislation is one way, but it might not be um, as it might not address the, the issue as much as we like to, because like, like you mentioned, but if the defendant is hiding, then who, who are you instituting an action against? So we need to think more out of the box to address deep fakes. But at the moment, I think the starting block is just to find certainty and clarity within South Africa as to what protection may be available to people. And at the moment, there is nothing. Hmm. So, you know, okay, leaving deepfakes one side, I mean, other issues like cyberbullying, etc., which uh, has been around for a long time. We know other jurisdictions across the world have viewed this year as a crime, maybe not as a major crime, but will certainly arrest and probably possibly try an individual that has been harassing or or cyberbullying, uh, you know, somebody online. How, how have we come in this regard that uh, fine, you know, deepfakes may have got a few months or years to go before they reach a legislative uh, you know, standpoint. But, but other parts of the cyber world that have proven to be dangerous and nefarious, how has our legal system navigated those things? So that's not really my area of expertise, but we do have the Cyber Crime Act. So there is legislation that do deal with those instances where you deal with harassment and bullying. Um, so again, there was legislation promulgated to deal with those instances specifically. So alternatively, when we deal with the image, I feel like there should be also a standalone piece of legislation that deals with your image and everything that comes with it, especially in light of the new technology that is out there. Hmm. Finally, uh, Dr. Lakin, some of some other applications of deep fake technology. I mean, we, we spoke about uh, the elections coming up and how this could be manipulated. But in your research, have you come across some particularly intriguing use of, of, of deep fakes that you know, would really have everybody baffled the way a deep fake can be used? No, so far, like in, in South Africa, there wasn't much when, when we researched it. And in other jurisdictions, deepfakes were mostly used in the context of pornography. I think you might have seen the Taylor Swift deepfake that's been doing the rounds the past week. So deepfakes in, initially is more sexual in nature. Um, so if it's not misinformation, it usually goes to the root of being um, very sexual nature. So that's the only other cases that we've dealt with. With, with regard to deep fakes. Hmm. Dr. Lakin von Jensen, thank you for joining us on radio this evening with that uh, discussion and um, have a good evening ahead of you, doctor. Thank you.